Mom Training Podcast with Diana Ballard. Hey ladies, welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. Today we're going to talk about a topic that is literally affecting probably everyone that's listening right now. And that is our finances, our expenses, and especially right now in this time when when things are still kind of working itself out with the last couple of years, we've seen some increase in prices. We we see some some issues in our normal way of living when it comes to spending money, putting the same food on the table. And it's just, I don't know about you, but it's raised a little bit of concern in myself and the people around me about the changes in the prices of things around us. So we are going to talk to Heidi Rumer today. She is going to help us kind of understand a little bit more about the emotion behind money and about what we can do right now with this, these prices increasing and how we can still live the life that we want, have the cash flow that we want with what we're already making right now. So Heidi, welcome to the show today. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for this. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and how you got started in doing this? Awesome. Well, thank you. I have been in financial services for the last 20 years. I started in corporate. I had a really great job and, you know, I was really excited to help, um, help people just put in a financial plan that worked for them, whether it was insurance or investments or anything like that. And one of the things that really kept coming up was I could create these beautiful plans for people, but then when it came time to present it and say, okay, you need this much life insurance and it's going to cost this and you need this to put away for your retirement. There was the little bit of the, oh crap, look coming back at me to say, how are we ever supposed to afford this? How do we create this money when we have all these bills to pay? Our income isn't changing, but yeah, you're asking us to to do all these things that we know we need to do, but it's maybe a financially heavy stage in their life. Um, So I really saw that there was a gap in the market of addressing cash flow, particularly, and really understanding money. Um, I'm a I'm a mom of two. I have a five year old and a just turned four year old who thinks he's 13. Um, I'm married, <laughs> been married for the last decade, and it, it's something that I've gone through myself as a mom, as a wife, is really understanding where our priorities are as a family and spending our money. And we're very different. We came from two different backgrounds, my husband and I, and we fought about money at the very beginning, right? And it was all things that were just really didn't need to happen. And so I really started digging in to think about, okay, how, what is the role that our money mindset plays in our day-to-day finances? How can we really maximize what we're doing at the grocery store or at when we're out, when we're out shopping and really the role that emotions plays with our financial future and our finances. And kind of landed here. Now we're in 2022 and I help clients all the time, just kind of manage their cash flow and um, find ways for them to increase it without having to cut expenses, which I think is a really, really cool thing. That is really awesome. So I I have to ask you, because we're we're talking about the prices that are increasing right now. Like, are you concerned about that, especially for your clients? Like, should other people be concerned about that? Like, 
what you're talking right now is, is kind of showing I can be okay even when prices are increasing. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that because I, I know that there is a lot of stress being created with the people that do the finances in their family to say, oh man, like our grocery bill went up this much, our, our gas bill went up this much, our utility bill went up this much and having to adjust the way that they live according to that. So I would love your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think there's a couple of answers that I would give. The first one is, we have to really understand the money that we're currently spending. And just because prices have now increased, does it actually mean that the amount that we were spending at the grocery store is a, an appropriate amount? So what I mean by that is um, I, there's emotional spending and then there's, you know, paying your mortgage, right? Most people don't have an emotional response to paying their mortgage. Like you're not going to accidentally overpay your mortgage or overpay the gas bill or overpay an insurance bill, but you can get kind of lost in shopping, right? So whether that's at the grocery store, whether that's in Target or just kind of shopping around. And I think one of the really important things is understanding that cash flow and understanding if you do have any what I call money leaks um, because that was happening before the price of of goods was increasing so if you weren't aware of that if you weren't meal planning if you didn't have any kind of system going into the grocery store then you are already setting yourself up for not failure but just for a harder time than the people that were meal planning and meal planning in a way that um it's just maximizing your groceries, for example. So one of the things that I really point to my, my clients to is looking at groceries as a number one, probably the number one biggest source of money leaks for people. And especially if you're shopping at a big box store where there's other things other than groceries there. So for us, I'm in Canada, so I'm sure it's this very similar where you are. Uh, we can go into Costco and I tell my clients, like, go in with a list and stay away from those middle aisles because you'll walk out of there with 14 snowsuits for next year and all the coloring books. And, you know, you'll just can get really distracted by the shiny objects. And I think that that is just human behavior, human nature. So if you didn't have a good handle on that before, the prices increasing has just exasperated it and really made it evident that our grocery bills are just insane. My grocery bill has barely changed. And I, I don't say that to, to brag or to you know be any, any big thing, but I think that what's really important here is I've had to adjust my planning with the time. So if you're just looking at, okay, well, we always eat, I don't know, steaks on Thursdays or on Fridays, or we always do this. We always go out for dinner on Mondays. If that's a source of money leak for you, you have to really take a step back and look at it and say, okay, things have changed. Things have gone up. So should our habits also adjust to that? It's, it's the lack of adjustment and really monitoring and looking at what's happening with your finances that I think can get people into a lot of trouble. So that's really the first thing I would say about that is trying to figure out, do you have any money leaks? Are you going to the grocery store and coming back with patio cushions, right? Um, those, those sorts of things. And then I would also say that when it comes to groceries, particularly, of course, groceries have increased. But what I have done and what I've been sharing with a lot of my clients is 
there's a few tools out there that can really help you. Um, and I'm not a big proponent of meal, like price matching, which are all great or couponing. I don't, I don't particularly do that. I have a lot of clients that do. But what I really think is an important thing to do is take a look at your week ahead. Um, and so really plan that week. How many times are we going to be actually home for dinner? Do we have soccer Thursday night where we're not going to be home or we're going to be home? Or we're going to need something really quick because it's those times that you're running, you're buying a fridge full of groceries and then you're still ordering the pizza or you're still doing those things that it's because from lack of planning that week ahead, right? So that's a really good tip is to look at your week ahead. How many meals are you actually going to be having at home? And is there a way to multi-purpose it? So for example, we'll often buy like a whole chicken. We'll throw that in the crock pot. Instead of buying two packages of chicken breasts, it's actually cheaper for me to buy a whole chicken, which will then we can create quesadillas, we can throw that in a pasta, we can, you know, just repurpose that in a different way, and really utilize those leftovers, because my family is not great with leftovers. So we have to constantly make like a new meal out of out of those leftovers. But that is really something that has helped, um, helped our family for sure. And a lot of my clients, there's also an app you can download. It's called, and I'm not affiliated or anything, um, but it's called Meal Lime. And it's just a really great app because it'll actually, you can pick and it's free. I think there is a paid version, but I just use the free one. And you can just go and pick your meals for the week. And what it will do is there's actually a meal plan on there that is called zero waste. So for example, if a meal calls for, let's say a bag of frozen corn, you're not just using like a little bit of the corn and then the rest of it goes in your freezer. You're actually going to utilize the whole thing for other meals or like a, a, a jar of pasta sauce or something like that. Like it'll utilize that in other recipes so that you're buying less to create more. So I think there's lots of options for people with the cost of rising groceries. Yeah. Well, and I, I will say too, that you having a plan, having a, a structured plan in place gives you the freedom and the opportunity to be able to adjust. And I think that's why it's so important for us to at least try to create that meal plan, whatever that might look like for us, so that when times do change, our income changes or expenses change, then we can say, okay, we, you know, we had those stakes a week. Can we go to every other week now? Can I adjust that? You know, we have, instead of, you know, this much fruit, can I like take out one thing of fruit that, you know, just to adjust and, and change things up? Can I switch things around? Are there a less expensive option for me to do? I think that's, that's very wise. And I, that is because there's some structure there. And I think that's why with some people that I've been working with and talking to are struggling is because they, they haven't had the structure in place that they, they wish that they had to be able to have the freedom to adjust it. Yeah. The plan really, what's the saying? You fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yeah. It is so true. And it doesn't, to your point, it doesn't have to be okay work, but this is on the meal plan. So we have to eat this. It's more, you know, nothing hurts my soul more than a fridge full of dying groceries that you just haven't gotten to because life got busy and we have so many balls in the air. And it's like, oh yeah, I wanted to try out this Pinterest recipe that I never got around to. And then before you know it, you're throwing out these precious groceries and it's just so, 
sad and hard. And I, I can honestly say in the last couple of years, we have, we have not done that because we're really mindful of the, the food that we're buying and we're, we buy organic, healthy food. And the reason why I do that is because I know if I'm paying, you know, $12 for a pint of strawberries, like I want to make sure that we're going to eat them and we're going to utilize them in baking or, you know, make sure that they get eaten up, which isn't hard with two little boys for our fruit to get eaten. Uh, but I think that's really, really, really important. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And I, I do, I do believe that with our ability to adjust that we can actually create a lot of freedom for ourselves in that we really can. And in whatever we're, you know, our time is adjusted, our money is adjusted, our energy is adjusted as we're able to be, uh, what's the word resilient, right? In the moment when things change, then we can find a lot of joy even through the changes. Absolutely. And one of the, you know, the big things that I really work through with my clients, which is not intuitive for, a lot of financial professionals is how do you want to feel? And that might sound like an odd question when we're talking about money, but how do you want to feel really does drive your decision-making financially. So one of the things that I put my clients through is figuring out how do you want to feel? And for me, I'll give myself as an example, being feeling connected and belonging is really important to me. Very, very important to me. Um, there's a whole therapy session on why, but that, that's another podcast, but feeling connected is really important. So having deep relationships, having friendships, my husband and I dating still, you know, going out, um, going, having experiences with our kids. We're a very active family. Those are our, all, are all very, very important to me. So when you can define how you want to feel, then you can spend your money in alignment with that instead of, you know, the retail therapy or scrolling Instagram or Facebook and buying something that you actually, yeah, sure. You could use a new, I don't know, zucchini spiralizer. I just bought that. So that's why that came to mind. <laughs> you could use that for sure. But is it something that, especially when you're looking at saving money or, you know, just making sure that you're intentional with your dollars, I think is really important. So if you can really drill down how you want to feel, um, I mentioned connected is really, really important. So putting money aside for those date nights and they've changed, they've been, they've had to adapt. So we used to do one every week. We haven't been able to obviously. Right. And so getting a babysitter in for the last two years was very difficult. So we had to put that on pause, but we, we didn't pause the date night. We just paused what it looked like. So instead of going to a restaurant, we were making sure we had a nice bottle of wine and we would just have that at home and we would carve out that time because the connection was really what we're after. We weren't after the restaurant or the experience of that. It was the time together that was really important. So I think if you can really drill down, how do you want to feel and start making your financial decisions in alignment with that, the, the rising cost of groceries will, will sort itself out. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. Don't hold me to that. But at some point, it's got to level out, right? It's got to have a ceiling at some point. Inflation can't keep going the way that it is without some sort of change. So until that happens, can we, to your point about the stakes, can we do that every two weeks? Or can we, instead of it being stakes, is it, is it, is it about the stakes or is it more just, I love grilling and I want to be on the barbecue. Can it be a couple of hamburgers? Right. So I think it's just really understanding how do you want to feel and making your financial decisions in alignment with that. 
Yeah, for sure. I love that. So I'm curious about your thoughts on budgeting. Now, let me explain. I, I am an avid budgeter, but not like to the point of like, and you know, this gets this much. Like I, I like, I'm not like a cash keep person or anything, but what, how we live is we live on percentages. So like literally when money comes in, it's ran through percentages first that go to, we pay a tithe, we do savings, we do investment, we do a fund budget. So after all of that is taken out, then, you know, the rest of life is lived out of, you know, this amount. And then for food, we have a certain amount that as I'm shopping, I try to keep it around this amount here. Right. And when I do grocery pickup, that's really easy to do that. I'm like, Oh, we want to hit this amount. What can I take off that I really don't need to be able to hit this amount? So that's how we budget. And we have the fun. We have our fun account that has a certain percentage that goes in and we, you know, we utilize that. So I, I, when we buy something I take something out of that fun account and do things like that. And that works really well for us. And so, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I live on a budget because I mean, I mean, we have the percentages go, but that's because that's just how we do it. So I'm curious, is that what you consider a budget or what, what exactly are you meaning when you, you don't like a budget? Yeah. So I, I want to clarify that because, well, I have a podcast called ditch the budget, right? So yeah. I think a lot of people think, well, well, what then do you use? Do you just go and spend like, like, how does that work? So by not my definition of a budget is like a spreadsheet or a piece of paper that you've percentages or, you know, amounts, usually people use amounts. So they'll say, okay, my groceries are going to be $200 a week or a thousand dollars a month. Um, and what's really difficult, there's difficulties in that for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you've ever gone to the grocery store with your budget, right? So your $200, let's say $300, whatever the number is, and then the meat's on sale, or, you know, you're hosting a big party, a big thing. We just had Easter dinner. So you have to buy more stuff. So then what happens to that budget? You blow it, right? So you blow that budget for the week and then you're now in catch-up mode for the rest of the time, for the rest of the month. Um, so one of the things that I really look to is um, having a cash flow plan. So what the different, the main difference between a cash flow plan and a budget, yours sound, does sound like it's more on the cash flow plan side, uh, is a budget is typically something that is really restrictive and it's more of what you want it to be instead of what it actually is. So most people like, I would love to spend $100 at the grocery store. It's not realistic for me anymore. So if I'm relying on that budget that I maybe made two years ago before kids or whatever the case may be, and I'm still trying, and my expectation is still, well, I should be able to do this for 150 or it's like the number just seems so out of thin air and so arbitrary that we almost need to, what you do need to do is look at, well, what have I been spending? What is an appropriate amount? Because if you're constantly spending $300 at the grocery store, but your budget's only 200 a week, you're all, you're always going to be in this state of, I blew my budget. I suck at budgeting. I'm terrible with money or, and you just spiral in your brain, right? It just kind of spirals from there. 
So the main difference between, in my opinion, a budget and a cash flow plan is budgets are usually way too logical. And what I mean by that is it typically is accounting for the math part of money. So income in minus expenses. The second reason why I believe budgets, most of the time budgets don't work is it's retrospective. So we're looking in the past of what we've done in the past, not what we're going to do in the future. So my family, for example, April is a very heavy month for us. I've got, we have Easter that we usually host as we have a big family. So we host Easter. We also have my youngest's birthday. Um, And it just seems to be a financially heavy month. So if I'm using the same budget from March and I'm expecting to apply it to April, it's not going to work. So you need to have some flexibility with it. And most of the time people are not changing their budgets from month to month. Um, So I believe that that is a problem. And then I also think that a lot of times it's too restrictive. It's more based on what we want to be spending than what we're actually spending. So if we can be honest and take an honest look over the last three months And what always happens when I ask my clients to do this is I'll say, look at the last three months. And they'll say, yeah, but April's a really heavy month for me. Or, well, the holidays are in there and Christmas is a really heavy month. It's like, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what three months you're choosing. Just pick three months because that will give us a really great snapshot of what's normal because you are going to have some months that are higher, some months that are lower. And what you want is more of that evenness. So in the months that are lower, you're going to end up with extra in your account, right? To kind of buffer you for the next month. So it does become, instead of this like up and down ebb and flow, it's, it, it does kind of equalize itself and level itself out a little bit. So um, I believe in more of that cash flow plan and me and not looking at things in two week chunks or one month chunks when we're paid. I believe that looking at things a little bit more regularly weekly um, is a better way to measure your finances because if you know that your budget is gonna be replenished the next week, for example, um, your spending habits change. So what I mean by that is if I gave you $1,000 and I said, this thousand dollars needs to last you the entire month for groceries. And you're like, no problem. 250 a week. No problem. Well, there's some months that have five weeks in them or like a little bit more. Right. So in February, that might be possible, but when you have December, that might not be possible. And then what normally happens is that thousand dollars you pay yourself, let's say on the first of the month, the thousand dollars on average, it will last 18 days. Because our brain cannot manage money for a month. It can't even really manage it for two weeks. We have way too many balls in the air. So even just looking at a weekly amount, what's again, like what's happening this week and managing our finances that way is a lot easier because when you run out of money on Sunday and you know, it's going to be replenished on Monday, that's a lot easier. I can not go for a coffee tomorrow that's fine because the money's going to be replenished tomorrow. Um, But if you have to wait two weeks before that, now you're in this restrictive mode. That's when binging happens with spending. That's when retail therapy kicks in. So there's a whole psychologicalness to your budget and how you budget. And most people budget monthly and most people, um, it's way too logical and way too restrictive. It's not taking into consideration our human behavior. 
Okay. So have you had people ever budget in? I'm just trying to understand because I am completely a number person and I yeah. am so in my finances. Like, I mean, every other day I'm like you're going through making sure everything's where it's supposed to be just because I love it so much. And yeah. so I, um, so just because I'm a very logical brain, I'm just trying to understand. And I'd love for you to share. Yeah. Um, so like, I feel like my budget has given me more freedom because I have the peace of having like my savings. I have yeah. the peace of having the fun budget. We go travel all around the world and do things or, you know, investment money that we're putting in other places or, you know, different things like that. Um, like, I feel like we always have the money that we need because we budget. So if, if someone doesn't have structure like that, like how do they put into place these things that they want to see happen? Like what's your cash flow idea for people that want to, to have those things in that financial piece without having like an exact structure or is it slightly structured? I guess it is structured. So I think that's the big difference is it's more like this. So if you budgeted to save a hundred dollars every single month, right? That's your budget. Not every month will that actually feel good to you because of other expenses that you might have. So maybe in that month, you don't save anything, but maybe next month you save $400 because of the differences in what is happening in your life. So it's more fluid, there's structure to it, but it's, it's definitely more fluid. Um, I will say that there are aspects of the cash flow plan that do work like a budget. So for things that you can budget, like a very easy example would be a birthday, right? So, you know, most of the time we're our kids are small, but you know, you have a little a birthday cake, you know, a couple hundred dollars, it will probably be good. Right. So even on the upper end of, you know, $400 for a birthday. So what I do is I create a budget from that, but I call it uh, a sinking fund. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with those, but essentially you're taking a known expense that does not happen monthly and you're turning it into a monthly expense. So that you know, we'll keep math really simple. Let's say uh, I'm going to spend $120 on a birthday. Well, now I have a year to save because my son just turned four. So I have a full 12 months to save for this event that I know is going to happen once. So I can put away $10 a month and, and budget that so that by the time his birthday rolls around, I have that money saved. So that does work very similarly to a budget. Where where I don't budget my clients money or my own money is when it comes to groceries. Um, there's a, there's a plan in place for that. We know how much money we're able to spend, but whether or not I spend $200 at the grocery store, and then I go and buy clothing for $50, you know, having a $50 clothing budget and a $200 grocery budget when I don't need clothes, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for me. So it's, it's almost more combined all your spending instead of really bucketing it out. Like this amount is for groceries. This amount is for clothing. This amount is for gasoline. It's like, it's kind of creates one, almost like one spending account that is fluid because groceries, the meat might be on sale and you might not need clothes or vice versa, right? You have a low, I'm going to eat the pantry, right? We do that often or eat the freezer because the freezer, there's things getting freezer burnt. We got to clear this stuff out. Yep. So therefore <laughs> my, my grocery bill might be a little lower. Well, now 
maybe that's the time where I buy the snowsuits for the kids or, you know, things like that. So again, I'm in Canada, so we buy a lot of stuff for snow. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess, I guess kind of what there's a lot more freedom in that, but there still needs to be a high level of awareness of what you're spending kind of on a weekly basis, because if it was a free for all, then, and people didn't know what they were spending or what was in their account. If it was just like, oh, I'm not going to budget or I'm not going to pay any attention to it. That's where a lot of problems can come in. So yeah. the cash flow is you are very aware, but you're very flexible and adaptable and can adjust easily with whatever the needs are for that week or, or two weeks, whatever you're looking exactly. at. Exactly. And depending on a client's money mindset, it will work very differently. So your money mindset, there's University of Cambridge did a study that really determined by the age of seven is how we are, our brains have wired us to think about money. And there's different research out there that has shown us that there's about seven different money mindsets ranging every, everywhere from If you even say the word money, like I'm going to bolt out that door. They just do not like talking about money. One of the money mindsets to I can spend money. I can justify any expense because I need this or I want this or, you know, I, I have FOMO or whatever the case may be. So it really does. There's a big range there. Um, And so understanding how your brain is naturally wired to have you think about money will determine what type of cash flow plan you need, because it will be very different. Some people work really well with the percentages and the logical, you know, and and breaking it out that way. So that's how we create their cash flow plan so that they can feel safe with their money. Other people are like, don't ask me to track anything. I don't like, I don't do jars and envelopes or any of that stuff. I'm not saying that that doesn't work, but I think for majority of us, we're busy, we're busy moms. We are usually the ones that are doing the day-to-day finances. And we know when the teacher gifts need to be bought and all of those things, right? Like we just have a pulse on that stuff. So I think that having for some money mindsets, they need to see, okay, yeah, that money is there for others. They're like, ah, it's, it's fine. It'll happen. I can manifest dollars or I can manifest money. And that's, that's great. And that's wonderful. So we, we put a different plan in place for them. So it's just more of a, instead of what works for you is going to work for everyone. It's more, how is your brain keeping you safe when it comes to money? Are you naturally going to spend it? Are you naturally want to save it? Do you naturally want to invest it and why, and really understanding maybe some of the root causes of that. Um, so what I find a lot of times when it comes up with money is just an unhappiness that we're trying to fill with spending, just like any emotional eating, right? It's very, very, very similar. If you had somebody who is an emotional eater and they're really triggered by having cookies and chips in the cupboard, you don't have cookies and chips in the cupboard. That would be a logical way to remove that emotional response to food. The same is true with finances. Yet you could have somebody else who struggles with their weight. That's like, yeah, I don't even like cookies and chips. Like that can be in the cupboard. I won't touch that, but I'll go binge on the alcohol. Right. So we have to really look at what is going to help your brain, how it's naturally wired to think about money and put that specific system and plan in place to help support how you think, instead of trying to work against it in a system that you're just, it's designed to, to have you fail. Um, there are some money mindsets that work really well with a traditional budget, not very many. Um, 
behaviorally speaking, not very many can actually stick with a budget because they're just the discipline that is required is different because money can be so emotional. It can be so emotional. So that's really, I love that. Yeah, no, that, that totally makes sense that, you know, we all come from different backgrounds and we're raised certain ways about money. So it really is figuring out the best way for a person individually to create a plan for themselves. So mine might be numbers because I love numbers. Like I took math as, as like electives in college. Like, I mean, I took trigonometry twice. Cause it was like, I just love this class. I just have to take it again. Like I am so a number person. Like, I mean, I absolutely love numbers. So that totally like feeds my bucket to do more numbers. But you know, if, if numbers isn't someone's thing, then you're saying that there are ways to create a safe environment for themselves and their money in their own life. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. And I think we're all trying to follow a few systems that are out there when you Google a budget or when you try to download an app and it's like for, uh, you know, I've, I've tried it. I've tried downloading the apps I don't update it. I, that's just not how my brain is wired. I'm not a numbers person, which it sounds very interesting from a financial professional, but that's why we have calculators. That's the way I look at it. So there's other people that can figure out the math portion for me. I don't need to know that. I need to understand the products. I need to understand how to utilize them and, and the solutions that they provide. And I think that is the piece that a lot of people don't get is you can't just Google. Most of us can't. There are some people that can, but most of us can't just Google a budget and create the get the download a spreadsheet off the internet and start inputting our numbers because we're all very different. And when, especially when you have two people that are, you have another person that's also um, contributing financially into the household, they're coming from a totally different background. And like for my husband, he, we, we both value connection, but what that looks like is very different. He loves to go with his friends, right? I, I'm I'm more of a homebody when it comes to that. I just I want to be with the family, right? He's like lo- loves to be very charismatic and out with his friends. So his connection is going to look very different than mine. And where he's putting money needs to look different because of that. So it needs to make sense for all parties in the family um, because that's the one thing that I find when I'm working with couples, especially is. We just argue, we argue about money or, you know, he doesn't want to spend money or she doesn't want to do this or um, she can't stick to a budget or he can't, he doesn't want to invest or he doesn't feel safe around putting our money in the markets right now. So it's all of these backgrounds and experiences and you're trying to manage the same pot of money. It, you need to understand where the other person is coming from that all they're trying to do is keep themselves safe. That's the primary function of the brain is to keep yourself safe. So for you, it's math. For me, it's not like you show me a spreadsheet. I'm like, I'm out. Um, And so it's just really understanding how can we support how you naturally think about it in a way that brings us together instead of tears us apart. Because a lot of times you actually want the same thing. You're just expressing it in a different way. So his need to go out with his friends to me, I'm like, they want to spend time with me. Like what's going on? Da, da, da. But he's searching for connection with 
in another form than I am, right? Of course, he loves spending time with me, but it just looks very different for where we want to spend our dollars. And that's okay. And it's just coming to an understanding of where that makes sense for us in the family, as a family. Oh, I love that. I, I'm very curious about the different types of budgets. I really am. That is so interesting to me because I've done a lot of study on finances and it's interesting, the more people that I've been talking to about on the podcast or in mom training about finances, I'm like, man, where has this information been? Like, this is stuff that's like new to even to even me that I'm a researcher and I love stuff like this. So I just very, very interesting. So if someone was looking to create a special budget for themselves, you're saying that you'd be able to help them create a plan or a cat class, sorry, a cash flow plan that works for them to protect them, keep them safe with their money. Exactly. Yep, exactly. And that's, that's what I do for my clients. I have a whole program that I put them through and there's also a little bit of money coaching involved because we don't learn the stuff in school. We learn the math, we learn the logical and the research is actually coming out now that it's, there's so much more to it than just the math. And the math is important because you, you don't want to be spending more than what you're bringing in. So the math is important, but there's a way that you can manage that once you figure out, okay, what's safe for me to spend. And then where, where it becomes interesting is figuring out what is the best place to put this and really defining my financial goals so that I feel safe. I'm working with a client right now and she feels really safe with a boatload of money just sitting in a savings account because that makes her feel safe. Um, And from my perspective, I'm like, yeah, but you could be, you could be doing this, but that's my bias. That's the lens that I'm looking through. And that's not going to make her feel safe. So how do we, how do I make her feel safe with her money and still have her build wealth and grow and all of that? So that's really, there's a coaching aspect that I, that I coach clients through and really get them to see that, you know, this is, like what happened in childhood? Let's, let's get in there. And talking about money can be so hard um, for, for a lot of people because it's so taboo. And, you know, I, I just think it's so fascinating because there are so many different aspects you can take it, but to answer your question, yes, I absolutely can help people get their own customized cash flow plan. There's even a customization to paying off debt. So not everyone can pay off debt the same way. Um, just like a weight loss program or a fitness program, you know, you can give two people the exact same program and they can both follow it to a T, but if you're not factoring hormones and you're not factoring in sleep and you're not factoring in all the other things, you're not going to probably end up with the same result. And it's going to be really frustrating. So it's the exact same with our money. The math can be the same, but the outcome can be very different. And I think that's the part that we're not taught. And that's the part that it really lights me up. And I get really super excited to get in there and fix things. Yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> for someone that doesn't like numbers, how do you even create a plan for them then? Yeah, they have to, there is numbers involved in order to figure out what their cash flow plan is. So I do need to see, you know, where they have been spending their money. And oftentimes what happens is we identify those leaks. We identify the, you know, yeah, I had no idea I was spending that much on Amazon, or I had no idea that our family was eating out that much. And so again, this is, it just brings an awareness to it. So 
there is research that they have to do that we, I coach them through and we go through it. And some people are really resistant and it takes a little bit longer, but we get there. And then from there, understanding what their goals are with their money mindset, I create a plan that just helps support it. So whether it's, you know, doing the numbers and showing here's, if you do this, this is what the outcome is going to be. Cause some people really want to see that for other people are like, I just want to know that I can have take, have my daily Starbucks. Like I don't want to make my coffee at home. And it's like, okay, that's where you want to put your, put your dollars. That's a priority. Then we make that a priority. Like there are boundaries. There are, this is how much you have to spend for this. Right. And it's a bigger number and it includes more things, but there is still a boundary. So I think, um, for people that don't want, that aren't used to that, it's really great because now they have that flexibility. They get to decide like, how do you want to feel? And if this can help you feel that way, then that's where we need to be allocating your dollars and spending our money with intention and giving every single dollar a job to do. Cause most people aren't like you. Most people are not looking at their money every day, or if they are, they're looking at it from a worried lens. And when you're worried about something, that's when you don't make great financial decisions because you're just, you feel that lack, you feel that constriction. So having a plan and feeling and knowing what's safe to spend for a lot of people. And and that's why the plan needs to change and the plan needs to be fluid. And we can't just rely on just the math portion because there's so much more behind the scenes to it. Yeah, no, I love that. No, and that's so true. It's, it's about being intentional and aware. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, a really good way to look at it too, of in, including, so it's, there's still boundaries, there's still some hmm. structure, but it's a lot more tasteful for most people. Yeah. It's, it's more behaviorally compatible because our behavior, like our thought, our feelings, so our values, which is our, essentially our money mindset. That's what's in our head. Our values are going to dictate how we think our thoughts are going to impact our feelings. Our feelings are really going to create that behavioral response. So if we can understand the first part, that money mindset, and we can understand what we want, what our goal is. And then essentially the cash flow plan really is that bridge to help facilitate and, and help your money mindset say no to certain things and ha- keep that boundary and have a, a system in place. So you don't overspend. So you're not, tapping your card every, every five seconds. Um, if, if that's where you experience spending, like if there's a spending challenge, right. In the home. Yeah. yeah, Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So let's, let's tell everybody where they can find you and where they can connect with you. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm on Instagram. I hang out on Instagram a lot. Uh, so at Heidi Rumore, um, is my Instagram handle. And then I'm also on Facebook. Uh, I also have a podcast called ditch the budget where, uh, I just launched my 40th episode. So I'm a baby podcaster. I just started. Uh, So that's exciting. So I'm there and yeah, I would say Instagram and Instagram is probably the, the number one place you can find me. Um, yeah, if you want to connect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. I I know that I, my thought process is very active right now. Like, Hey, I need to, to think about these things. That's very awesome. So thank you for sharing and, um, your, your insight and your wisdom with us. It's been very interesting. Awesome. Thank you so much. 
Yeah. So ladies, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you could pull something from this episode today to help you find peace in your finances and create some different ideas and thoughts around how to protect yourself financially and to look at your money. And if you're looking for someone to help you to create a cash flow plan, definitely hit up Heidi, check her out on Instagram. She's awesome on there. So I hope you have a great day and we'll see you next Tuesday on the mom training podcast.